Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I guess that's what I'm saying, Brooksy. You get that through your head? We know what we did. We know what we did. We know what we did. You'll probably beat up in the bus stop most of the time. Good afternoon, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome back. It's us, Ranger Nation Radio. We're back here on the Fan Junkies Radio Network. This is going to be our permanent home. Every Sunday, hopefully, at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. I'm your host, Jonathan Ragus. Alongside me, as always, Chris Decker and Glenn Miller. First, Chris, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good, man. It's uh, It's been a long time. Uh, happy to be back on the show. Uh, I think there's a lot to talk about. I'm excited. Absolutely. Glenn, what's going on, bud? Same old, same old. Just <laughs> glad to be back. You sound excited, Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> That's me, Mr. Excitement. All right. Well, you know what, man? We only got 30 minutes that we're going to be doing today, so let's dive right into it. And the big thing going around is the Rangers play. And, of course, the fans are up in arms. Once again, it's John Tortorella time. It's time to cut his head off, put it in a bag, send it out somewhere. I don't necessarily agree with that. First, we'll go with you, Chris. What do you think it is? Do you think it's time for Tortorella to go? And if he does go, who could the Rangers get to replace him? Uh, I mean, I, I think I go against uh, much of the Ranger Nation fans. Uh, I think getting rid of Tortorella is uh, not really, uh, not necessarily the smartest thing. Um, I mean, he's been here for four full seasons. Uh, I believe this is his fifth now. Um, he's only missed the playoffs once. Um, and, uh, you know, a lot of people like to forget or uh, they don't mention it, that he took the team to the conference finals last year, just last year, yeah. uh, because of that style of play. And it's that same style of play now that Ranger fans are all up in arms about saying, well, this is the reason why they're not playing well. So um, I, I, I think it would be a travesty if uh, the Rangers uh, parted ways with Tortorella. Uh, he's been their best coach in years, probably since the 94 season. So um, I honestly don't, I don't believe that getting rid of him is the answer. Um, so I can't really answer the second part of your question because I don't think that anybody would, uh, would replace him. Okay, great. Glenn, what do you think, bud? Well, I'm going to use a lot of, words and phrases that John Tortorella himself has used. But uh, when, when he was brought in uh, several years back, there was a process that was initiated then. There were several players on the roster, Scott Gomez, Wade Redden, that come to mind that weren't going to suit Tortorella's style of play, his preferred style of play. As we've seen over the last several years, those players have been moved out. Uh, younger players like Ryan Callahan, uh, Brian McDonough, uh, Dan Girardi have taken on larger roles. That group has kind of grown together as the core, uh, et cetera, as John Tortorella would put them. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's where the identity of last year's team came from. It came from guys like Callahan and Brandon Dubinsky, and, and, and they're willing to sacrifice themselves for the betterment of the team. And obviously you've got the best goaltender in, in, in the world last year, Henrik Lundqvist. That's where it started from. And you can see the team was almost there last year. They obviously got to the Eastern Conference Finals. 
they made a, a change in the offseason. They sacrificed some of the depth and, and gave up Dubinsky and, and Isimov to get the extra goal score that everybody thought they needed and everybody was crying about in the playoffs last year when they couldn't score enough goals to put away Ottawa and Washington early enough and blah, blah, blah. So they go out and they get Rick Nash. Everybody loved the trade because they didn't have to give up uh, anybody that they didn't think was replaceable, et cetera, et cetera. And now here we are with a team with a slightly different identity. Um, they didn't have the benefit of going through a John Tortorella training camp. And we all know that last year's Rangers team, uh, a lot of the reason that they were able to win those tight checking close games was because they were in better condition and better shape than their opponents. They didn't have the benefit of that. They didn't have the benefit of the training camp to kind of um, develop a slightly different identity with the new players. There was a lot of roster turnover, and they didn't have the opportunity to find or see where those players were going to gel together. Yeah. You know, I don't want to use that as an excuse because every team had to go through it, but I don't think most of those teams had as much roster turnover as the Rangers did. I knew months ago that there was a good chance this was going to be a real rough get or rough start to the season, and that's kind of what we've seen. It's been real choppy, real up and down. They've yet to really find any consistency. But, you know, I think Tortorella has earned some equity from, from last year's performance. And like I said, it's been a process. Nice. And it culminated, as of now anyway, up you know last year, and we want to see it go further. But, you know, I, this might be just a bump in the road, in my opinion. I don't, I don't see a reason to fire him yet. He's... He's earned enough trust in my book that he should be allowed to take the roster into at least next season, give him a full training camp with Rick Nash, et cetera, et cetera, and see if he can get this team rolling next year. And that's just assuming, you know, they don't accomplish their goals this year. So firing him now just doesn't, it makes zero sense. Yeah, they're not playing well, but I also see the, the, the potential this team can turn it around. Remember, Pittsburgh wasn't playing very well last year about the midway point under Dan Bilesma, and they caught fire and damn near came from 12 points back in Coffin Rangers in the standings. So, you know, teams can turn it around pretty quick when, they, when they've got talent. And this team has talent. Yeah, it definitely does. But, you know, let's hear from the fans that actually want to get rid of Torts, and let's hear from some of the fans that still love Torts and want to keep them here. So the phone number is 347-237-5373. And we have a call right now coming in from Connecticut from the 203 area code. What's going on? You're on the air. Yeah, how you doing, guys? We're doing good, man. Thanks for calling in. Oh, thank you. It's Mark. This is Mark. Um, yeah, well, I am one of the guys, honestly, that has been wanting to get rid of Tortorella, win or lose. Uh, it's got nothing really to do with the current streak. Um, it certainly doesn't help things in my mind. But, you know, the first thing that I'll say is you guys keep – everybody keeps backing up to what we did last year. I personally think that Henrik Lundqvist is single-handedly responsible for it. Much of the success that this organization has seen – pretty much since he came into the league seven, eight years ago. And I think Tortorella has benefited from that. I think he's got, you know, he's not really a teaching coach. He is a coach that I think if we had a bunch of core of veterans, not necessarily like 94, but similar to 94, he would do very well. I think when he's got a youth-oriented team, uh, that includes Callahan, I don't. I just don't think his impatient style of constant line changing, et cetera, and overusing guys like McDonough and Girardi to the point where they're exhausted uh, is a beneficial thing that's going to get this team barely made it to the conference finals. Yes, we did. Took us seven games, both series against a a very weak Ottawa team, a number eight seed, and then a better cap team, but still a team that should not have taken us seven games. And one of those games, you know, with six seconds left, I just, to me, we are playing on the edge. Then we finally get a guy like Nash, and I don't see Cordarella adapting to the fact that now this team has three elite players, granted two are slumping, but he's not. He's still making. He's having Nash 
you know, in the shooting lane blocking shots. I just there are so many fundamental things that that I have issues with as far as his coaching style with this type of team, you know, that that I think I think his time was long overdue before this, but again, you know, so I'm not going to – so that's, that's just my take on it, and you guys can respond, you know, as you wish, obviously. Yeah, Mark, well, if the Rangers were to get rid of John Tortorella, where would you like to see them go? Okay, here's what I would do. That's a good question. First of all, there's no – this unlike 94, where it was a we have to win, you know, if it's been 54 years, we have to win. You know, when we had that bad season before 94, and Neil Smith went right out and wanted to get either Bowman or Smith or Keenan. Yeah. Bowman or Al we don't have. We're not in that situation. Only Lundqvist. Lundqvist is the only variable because he's in his prime. Everybody else is up and coming. We don't have to win this year, or even next year. We just have to grow. We were growing up until the past couple of years, I think. Um, so here's what I would do. I would hire either Janander from the Whale or bring Schoenfeld in. Somebody who nothing wrong with bringing a guy who's already in the system. I have respect for both those guys. I don't have a lot of respect for Sullivan other than how he handles the defense. But power play, obviously, is abysmal. So I bring in either one of those two guys, make them interim head coach, just like they did with Ron Smith when Nielsen was a problem with Messier. You wait a year or two, you look for a guy. You don't have to hire the ideal guy out of the gate. But I think getting Tortorella away from this team and, you know, basically a negative influence on a lot of these young players and putting a guy who's more positive, you know, for another year or whatever, and then you find, you know, maybe somebody who's won a cup. Or, or I'm not sure. I'm, I'm not really sure, but I don't think that just because you get rid of Torrella doesn't mean you necessarily have to, oh, my God, we have to find the ideal coach. I think it's yeah. you first, you know what I mean? You, you cut your losses, and then you go, and it's a short season, and then you, you know, next year sometime or even the following year, you bring in, you know, somebody else. That's, that's my plan. All right, it's a good point, Mark. Thanks for calling in. We appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, no problem. Not a problem. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. You know, Mark made some good points there. Uh, you know, a lot of fans are already talking about, you know what, if we get rid of Torah, let's bring in Lindy Ruff. But then, like Mark said, it's all about going back to the variable of what he did in the past. That's the same thing with Lindy Ruff. Uh, Chris, what do you think about hiring a guy like Kendra Nand or bringing back uh, Schoenfeld to uh, – you know, uh, you know, up to the pros here and letting him coach the team if something like that were to happen. Well, I actually have a couple comments uh, just in regard to his his uh, call. Um, there are there are definitely some things there that I agree with him with, um, but I think there are also um, some more things that I disagree with him with. Um, yes, Hank is obviously you know the one variable that you want on your team. That you know the guy that's always going to be there for you to back to back you up. He's he's the goalie. He's obviously you know. Uh, the pretty solid guy back there, uh, back there in net. However, um, I, I think the last couple years, in comparison to the first, you know, couple years that he was in the league, um, you know, first couple years in the league, he had a stand on his head. That, there's no doubt about that. Um, I think as the team started to, to, you know, to learn and to grow more, um, I think that the defense and the players around uh, Longquist started to, you know, learn how to play defense better, learn how to play better in front of him. And as a result, you know, Lundqvist didn't really need to stand on his head nearly as much as he did the first few years of his career. Um, so I sort of disagree that, that you know, Hank is, you know, he stands on his head constantly. I, I don't think that's the case. Um, mm -hmm. Second of all, uh, the Rangers barely making it to the Eastern Conference Final. I mean, you know, no offense, but um, if I was any team outside of the playoffs, I would love to make it to the Conference Final. I don't think there's any such thing as barely making it to the Conference Final. Um, I think that has a lot to do with the style of play. 
um, obviously Wanquist and Goal, and, and their coaching as well. So I, I disagree with that fact. And, um, you know, just, you know, as far as, you know, the style of play with, you know, Nash going down to block shots, Callahan, so on and so forth, that's the way things are. That's the way they've been under under a tort system, and the players realize that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that's the way it's it's always going to be. And you know what? If the players hated the negativity that you know you know the fans call in and they you know they say that 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 tort sort of implies, um, then they wouldn't have had the best season that they've had since '94 last year. So you know, just a couple comments there. But I, I don't I don't think that bringing in a Janander or a Schoenfeld is really going to be the answer. Um, I love both guys. I think they have a lot of experience. Um, obviously. Schoenfeld has, uh, you know, professional experience, you know, coaching the Cavs in the past. Uh, but I, I just don't think bringing, bringing in, you know, a new person um, over towards is really the answer right now, especially in a shortened season. Yeah. Glenn, what did you think about Mark's uh, comments on the Colons? Uh, I do I do disagree somewhat with his assertion that Torts isn't really a teaching coach. Uh, a lot of the teaching that uh, goes on is not going to be – we're not going to see that. You know, it's not going to be in-game so much. But I'll cite one example of a player who uh, basically his career in the NHL was helped uh, dramatically by, by Tortorella and his tutelage, and that's Brandon Pruss. I don't know how many times Brandon Pruss has credited Tortorella for helping him learn how to be a professional hockey player, and he just cashed into the tune of $10 million last summer with Montreal. Uh, and when he came to the Rangers a little more than two years before that, you know, he was just a throw-in in that, uh, that Higgins and, and Coda League trade to yeah. Calgary. You know, the main piece of that trade was yoking it. I mean, nobody knew who Brandon Crust was. But, you know, in two years plus with the Rangers, he turned into a highly sought-after commodity on the free agent market. And, you know, you look at what Montreal is doing this year. They're, they're uh, you know, one of the top teams in the Eastern Conference. And, and some of that has to do with Brandon Crust being there. And even though we felt, you know, they may have overpaid for him, you know, he was certainly a key player for the Rangers. And, you know, Ryan Callahan, too, most of his development has come while Tortorella is here, and, and we love that guy and everything he does on the ice. And I, I, I just that's, I disagree with, with the assertion that he's not a good teaching coach. We just yeah. don't get to see a lot of the teaching going on. Yeah. Um, and as far as uh, staying within the organization, if Tortorella were to be fired, I would probably go Jernander. Um, I think, you know what, you know what, I think Jernander has, um, you know, really worked hard and deserves that kind of a promotion even for a little bit. Yeah, it's the it's the Bilesma formula with with Pittsburgh. Same thing they did a couple of years ago when yeah. when they fired um, uh, Tarion and, and hired Bilesma. So uh, if if I had to go a direction and pick somebody, I I might be willing to do that on an interim basis. Yeah, but uh, can I ask a question though? I mean, like you know, uh, people say Jernander, maybe bringing Jernander up, but. What what do we have to base off of that? Just his experience and and you know with the Connecticut Whale. I mean, like, has he really ever proven himself? Like, how, how do we know that he's going to be the answer over Tortorella, who obviously has you know a lot of NHL experience, playoff experience, Stanley Cup experience for that matter? Um, what would be the one defining reason that he should take over? I think he's worked for it, to be honest. Okay. Uh, you know, just a lot of the work that he did down in Connecticut with the Whale and before that the Wolfpack, uh, you know, it's really showed in a lot of the guys that have come up through the system over the last, let's say, uh, you know, seven years or, or, or six years even. Uh, you know, I, I honestly think he's deserving of a promotion like that, even if it is on an interim basis before they find somebody who could, uh, you know, really come in and man the ship in a way a John Tortorella or a Tom Rennie did. You know, that's my opinion on Ken Jernander, and I've said that in the past before when they did first get rid of uh, 
Tom Rennie before they hired uh, Tortorella, and I said, you know, as an interim basis, uh, you know, I would have been okay with that. So, right, that's fair. And if they if they still have designs on going deep into the playoffs this year, the last thing that they'd want to do is bring in a coach that is going to want to implement a new system and everything else. Uh, Jernander's obviously familiar with the system that that the players are are running through right now. He's got a, a lot of experience with a lot of the players that are currently at the NHL level when he coached them in the uh, AHL. So it would make for a more seamless transition. A lot of a lot of Rangers fans are saying they need a new voice. Well, he would be a new voice, but you wouldn't have to scrap the the system that they've been playing for the last several seasons either. Right. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, it would definitely make more sense than bringing in somebody like Lindy Ruff. So. All right. You know what? Let's uh, you know, let's talk about this. We have a uh, question on Twitter right now from at our tags. And uh, he asks, and I'll uh, float this at you first, Glenn. Uh, do you think the New York Rangers will trade Marion Gabrick? And if they do, I think it should be for a third and fourth line death, he is saying. What do you think? Well, I don't think they would. I don't think it behooves them to move him just to move him. I, I know he's got next year at a pretty hefty salary, and there's a certain level of appeal to, to getting that off the books with a salary cap coming down $6 million or, or whatever. Um, he still is a proven goal scorer in this league. You know, two year, two times in the last three years, he's put up 40 plus goals with the Rangers under yeah. John Tortorella. <laughs> but the talent is still there. Uh, you know, confidence obviously he's a little shaky and he's obviously very inconsistent. I, you know, I wrote uh, not that long ago on Ranger Nation that you know I would consider anyway with Nash's presence and how Nash can dominate offensively and create chances all over the place on a consistent basis, whereas Gabrick is not like that. He's not that type of player, never has been. If I could get a physical third line type and and a defenseman who uh, would round out the top six and possibly contribute on the power play, I, I would certainly consider making that type of move. But I, I don't think you just get rid of him just to get the, the cap hit off the books for uh, next season Ooh. or just because you're frustrated with him right now. I don't think you do that. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chris, what do you think? If they uh, move him, what do, you, uh, what do you think they should go for, the New York Rangers? Uh, I, I can't, I'm not going to answer that. I, I, they shouldn't move him at all. I, to be honest, I mean, it's a short season. Um, I, I don't think any changes should be made unless they're, you know, right at the top of the conference and they just need maybe maybe a depth guy or two. Um, I don't think any big moves at this juncture makes any sense. And, I mean, just looking at Gabrick's you know, recent numbers. Last year, he had 41 goals. The year before, it was a little down. He had 22. But just the year before that, in 09-10, he had 42 goals. I just think we're jumping the gun. Uh, Gabrick is an, is an all-world superstar player. Um, he's having a down year this year, but you know what? You look around the league and you see a shortened season, there's a lot of players that are having a, uh, having a down year. Um, and there, there are even people in Anaheim saying that, you know, Corey Perry's on the trade block. Why would, why would anybody want to get rid of Corey Perry right now? The Ducks are, uh, I think, like they're the second-best team in the league right now. So yeah. I just think people are just sort of jumping the gun. Um, I, I think that that with the shortened season, it just sort of has made everyone a little, you know, sort of on edge. Um, personally, I, I, would, I would not get rid of Gabrick. I wouldn't get rid of anybody. If I were going to get rid of someone, it would, it would be maybe, uh, maybe a third or fourth line guy for another third or fourth line guy that's maybe young, or uh, we start, you know, infusing our youth because we have no doubt one of the best youth cores in the league. Um, if I was going to do anything, I would definitely bring up some of those players instead of, you know, making a, making a, a you know, a big, big value trade. That's just my opinion, though. 
Yeah, I agree. Well, you know what? Gabrick is third on the team in points, and he does lead the team with four game-winning goals. But, you know, he is slumping, so stats can be deceiving, unfortunately. But, yeah. you know, hopefully he'll turn it around. Like you said, it is a short season, and we knew right away there was a lot. There were going to be a lot of teams that would struggle right out of the gate, and the Rangers were probably on the top of the heap of those teams coming right out of the gate, and it's been hurting them ever since. So, mm-hmm. All right, well, let's talk about this. Uh, you know what, Chris? Three players that have been prospering for the Rangers team this year so far. Uh, three players. Uh, okay. I'm going to say, uh, I mean, do you want me to put them in order or just random? Random. Okay. Um, I think their best player this year has been Carl Hagelin. I mean, he's been, um, he's been consistent. Um, he's, you know, he fights in the trenches. Uh, he's quick. Um, he's, he, you know, lately he hasn't had the luck with, uh, with the goal scoring touch, but, yeah. um, I think that a lot of the work that he's put in, I think that will definitely result in some goals, you know, as the season progresses. Um, Rick Nash, um, I think he's been an awesome acquisition. Uh, obviously, he's stu- he's a superstar, uh, world caliber player, um, and you know, there's really not much to say, you know, other than he's 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 been awesome for the Rangers. And um, a lot of people might think that you know maybe Lundqvist would be in the top three, but I actually disagree. I, I think J.T. Miller has been such a pleasant surprise. I mean, he just turned 20. Um, he's exactly what. Uh, you know, Ranger fans have been asking for, uh, you know, for the past five, ten years is just that infusion of youth. And um, he sort of reminds me of a, of a young Ryan Callahan. I mean, Ryan Callahan's still young, but um, an even younger Callahan. I, I, I think he, he plays with a lot of passion. He plays with a lot of uh, grit. And um, I, I think that he's just going to have a stellar career. And I think, uh, I honestly think those have been our top three players. Absolutely. Glenn, what do you think? Top three for your, for you, man. Uh, you know, I don't disagree with, with what Chris said there. I was going to say Hagelin and Nash. Um, I would include Callahan mm-hmm. just because he plays a more prominent role than uh, J.T. Miller does um, as the captain. And there, there are games when it seems like he is doing everything humanly possible to will that team to win when everybody else is either suffering from a severe lack of confidence or uh, whatever the reason is or whatever is going on. You know, he's blocking shots. He's He's hitting people. Uh, laying down in front of a point shot with, after losing his stick, and he's scoring power play goals. You know, he's doing it all, and, and I would I would put him in the group. And I, a guy that uh, I don't think necessarily gets enough credit, uh, under-the-radar player, and actually the less you notice him probably the better is Anton Strom. I think he's quietly been very solid Absolutely. and helps uh, solidify the blue line in the absence of uh, Mike Sauer. And here again recently with, with Stahl, um, he, you know, the, like I said, the less you notice him, the better, because that means he's not making uh, too many mistakes. And, you know, he, he has his games where he's not playing very well, but all of our defensemen have been kind of in that boat. And we, you have to understand when we got strong and we, you know, we got, took him off the scrap heap and didn't really expect much from him. And, you know, for him to, to settle in as a solid, uh, dependable player, I think is, is pretty big. Yeah, I definitely agree with all of the guys that you guys picked. Um, you know what, but with me going a different way, you know, you can talk about the Nashes, you can talk about the Ryan Callahans, and of course Anton Schaumann, who I think has been one of the most underrated players for the Rangers this season. I'm going to go a different way. i got to give a mention to Derek Stepan, who I think has really turned it on and has been playing uh, his best hockey this season over the last, uh, I'd probably say about 15 to 16 games. Carl Hagelin, absolutely one of the best on the team, uh, very underrated, has been playing great. Unfortunately, he's just he just cannot find the back of the net. Um once he does, though, that's going to be something really big. And I have to throw in Taylor Pyatt. You know what? Not because of his goal scoring and not because of the playmaking. It's all the little things that he does on the ice, and he does them quietly. You don't notice him. To me, he has uh, stepped up and 
not from the energy point of playing the puck, but he has taken that, you know, press minutes and he has done well with them. And uh, you know what, got to give a lot of kudos to uh, Slots for uh, bringing in Taylor Pyatt, one of the guys that I thought was, uh, you know, uh, one of the best signings of the offseason because, you know what, he is playing some uh, effective hockey for them. So. Yep. All right, um, you know what, three guys that aren't prospering. And we could talk about the Gabbericks, we can talk about the Brad Richards, but you know what, let's go with just one guy from each of you. Uh, Chris, pick one guy that is really just uh, has shocked you with his play of uh, being a disappointment this season. Well, well, I mean, this guy that I'm going to say hasn't shocked me because I, I feel, other than the uh, the Ottawa series in the playoffs uh, last year, um, I, I, it's got to be Brian Boyle. Um, I, and I don't necessarily blame Boyle. Um, I actually, uh, you know, a lot of people might think that I defend Tortorella, but I, I completely disagree with Tortorella's utilization of Brian Boyle. Um, I think that he plays, he, he, he gets given way too much ice time. Um, I, I think it's, uh, it must be a personal thing. I think that Tortorella really likes Boyle, um, but he's been my biggest disappointment, and he's been my biggest disappointment for the past year and a half. Um, I think that his one season where he scored 20-plus goals was, uh, you know, as we've mentioned many times on the show before, just an aberration. Um, and uh, I honestly don't see him more than a uh, than a third or fourth line guy. And, and to be honest, I think you know giving him third line uh, time is even uh, even too much for him. So I think that uh, he he's been my biggest disappointment. I would not be I wouldn't be upset. I'm sure he's a great guy, but I wouldn't be upset if he was replaced by you know someone from uh, from the whale or um, even someone who's uh, you know like a Kreider or someone like that. So he's been my probably my biggest disappointment. Yeah, Glenn, your disappointment. Well, I guess the benefit of going second is uh, Chris and I seem to agree on just about uh, all of the players we talked about here. Yeah. So he, took, he took my answer, but it gives me a chance to, to fall back and, and go with an alternative. And, and actually, I've got a couple of alternatives uh, real quick. Chris Kreider is, is one. Uh, I know he's a young player, and we, we over I don't want to say we overhyped him, but I think we, we put too much expectations on him Absolutely. coming into the season. Yeah. You know, he's very talented and everything else, but – I think the reason I, I, I'm still somewhat disappointed in, in his play this year is you, you get a guy like JT Miller who's 19 years old, um, and he steps right into the lineup, and he's making a difference in the lineup. Sure, he's making his mistakes too, but instead of letting that affect his play and, and not he's not you know putting in the effort, uh, all like Chris Kreider, he seemed to shy away because he was afraid of making mistakes. JT Miller doesn't have that fear. He has no fear on the ice. He's out there. He's hitting. He's He's, you know – stick handling and, 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 you know, putting the puck in places maybe you shouldn't, but he's, he's out there trying to make a difference. And, and that energy, um, I, I love seeing that energy from him as a kid. And if Kreider played like that, he'd probably still be in the NHL with the Rangers. And the other guy, you know, this is sacrilege, but uh, Henrik Lundqvist, uh, I don't think anyone would argue with me to say that, you know, he, he's not having the type of season he did last year. Yeah. And, um, the thing is, he set the bar exceptionally high. You know, everyone says he's one of the best, if not the best, goaltender in the world. And unfortunately, this year he hasn't played like it for whatever reason. Yeah. Um, he's more than capable of turning it around and, 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 you know, dominating the last 20 games of the season, or whatever, and single-handedly getting the Rangers into the playoffs. But you know, through the first 25, 26 games this year, he just hasn't played up to his usual level. Mm-hmm. As far as Kreider goes, though, do you do you think he deserves that criticism, even though he hasn't really had the opportunity that JT Miller has, or you know some of the other guys have, for that matter? I do because JT Miller obviously has impressed Tortorella enough that he's getting the ice time. Um, Michael Haley is another guy; he's playing with energy. 
and he's getting 10 minutes plus a game. And I have to think that it has nothing to do with, you know, well, Kreider's a young guy and Torts hates young guys because that's absolute BS. Mm-hmm. It's just that either in practice or in games or a combination of the two, those guys have shown Torts something, and he's giving them, he's rewarding them with with the ice time. And whatever it is, it's nothing complicated. It's not like they're scoring goals or anything. So, you know, it's it's purely in my book, it's purely their energy level that's getting them in the lineup uh, and getting those minutes. And if Kreider had done more of that when he was here, um, you know, he'd, he'd be in, like I said, he'd still be here probably instead of down in Connecticut. Now, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying, you know, give up on Kreider by any stretch of the imagination, but, you know, he'll learn. He's a young player and mm-hmm. he'll hopefully learn from this. He's, he's, I think he scored his sixth goal in eight, eight games down in Connecticut uh, at, this morning. So, Maybe he's getting that back. He's getting that confidence back, and we'll see a, a better Chris Chris Kreider when he gets called up again. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Well, you know what? Kreider will definitely get called up soon, man. It has to. He's on a tear right now down in uh, Connecticut. So, he is. Yep. you know what? And they need goals. M.G. Weissman in our uh, chat room here on Blog Talk Radio says, you know what? That's, you know, everything else isn't the problem. The problem is we need goals. You know what? We don't need the check in. We don't need, the, you know, anything else. We need goals. And of course, with Kreider on a tear right now, guess what? He's going to be up real, real soon. Depends on who goes down for him. So we'll see what happens there. Uh, next game tomorrow night against the Carolina Hurricane, 7 o'clock at MSG, I believe. Uh, yeah, it is at MSG. Um, you know what? They got the eighth spot, the Hurricane, so the Rangers desperately need tomorrow's win. So we'll see what happens there, guys. Um, well, that's it for the uh, first episode. Well, being back for Ranger Nation Radio, and uh, we're happy to have it here on the Fan Junkies Radio Network. We will try to come at you every Sunday. If we can't, we will let you know via our Facebook and our Fan Junkies page. But we just want to thank you guys, the listeners, and we want to thank the Ranger Nation members for always just, you know, being with us throughout the years. Uh, 12 years plus going strong with Ranger Nation, and we're just going to continue to keep going. Uh, So for Chris Decker... Glenn Miller, I'm Jonathan Ragus. Thank you for tuning in to Ranger Nation Radio, and have a safe and healthy St. Paddy's tonight. Thanks, guys. Drink lots. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.